welcome to Fox Mandal podcast. We're excited to have you join us on this journey into the world of business and law. In each episode we bring you engaging conversations with influential leaders from diverse fields. The intent is to explore their fascinating journeys and insights to inspire and educate our listeners on the law and its various facets. We hope you enjoy the podcast. It is said that an entrepreneur always searches for change, responds to it and exploits it as an opportunity. So we decided to unlock the door of our entrepreneurial brainstorming session with the key of innovation. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of our podcast series Leveraging Startup Ecosystem. I'm your host Santosh Vikram Singh and today we have the honor of hosting Mr. Uday Birji, a name synonymous with innovation and technology leadership. Over a remarkable career spanning more than two and a half decades, Mr. Birji has undertaken an impressive journey leading transformative projects in well-established multinational corporations and pioneering initiatives in cutting-edge Silicon Valley startups. Throughout his career, he has held managerial positions at esteemed organizations such as HCL-HP, Cabletron Systems, and Digital Equipment Corporation. He has even served as a director for the India and Middle East region at Alcatel Musen. Welcome, Mr. Birji. Thank you, uh... Fox Mandal team, thank you Vikram specifically and thank you Manaswini for uh, conducting this and for inviting me. A uh, great initiative from uh, the Fox Mandal team because there's a lot happening on the innovation and uh, entrepreneurship startup side in our country and uh, as you know our country is on a on a path to become a developed uh, India in, by 2047 and uh, thank you, I'm very happy to be as a part of this uh, podcast. Thank you, sir. On that note, let's start uh, with our first question. Since we have heard you say that three valuable mantras for any startup are innovation, networking, and leadership, we thought in today's conversation, uh, we would like to get your perspective on the concept of innovation in entrepreneurship and especially in today's rapidly changing business landscape. Uh, innovation networking and leadership is actually my own experience and my own journey both in a combination of the corporate side as well as my entrepreneurial and startup journey and this is what my own research and my own summary on the mantras for success even if you are a corporate executive innovation i would explain it as innovation is creating something new which is of value Okay, innovation is some, creating something new which has a viable business proposition. Okay, innovation is also explained as using existing inventions, creating something that will impact human humanity. So there are multiple definitions for innovation. So it depends on the context which one we work on. But I, I can say that innovation is extremely important for your own career as well as for an economy, for a country, for a business. Rightly said, sir. Uh, innovation is often touted as the ability to see change as an opportunity and not as a threat. What, in your opinion, are the drivers for fostering innovation within startups? See, uh, I, I always recommend to startups or even startup founders or young entrepreneurs that innovate a solution. or And that comes about 
when you are trying to solve a problem that you experience yourself, then you will be able to innovate. If you pick up somebody else's problem and try to solve that, I think there are very little chance of you possibly innovating. Innovation can happen. But if you solve a problem that you are experiencing yourself, and there are many such success stories, whether it is Apple or whether it is Uber or so many other successful startups. I will talk about Uber. The founder of Uber used to have a problem reaching his office every day early morning because by the time he reached the taxi stand, no taxis available. The waiting period used to be 30 minutes or 40 minutes or sometimes longer. So what he did is, in his locality, he built a small app aggregated all the taxis or the transporters onto a single app and made it available so that you know on the click of a app or on the, the on your palm you have a taxi on demand that is how it started so in a problem that he experienced he solved the problem and that is innovation okay so so you were saying uh, instead of gripping about the system gripping about the process you'll key uh, from the solution correct and I'm, I'm seeing whether it is healthcare or transportation or any such sector, founders, healthcare. I, I met uh, one very successful founder who has created, who's actually on the path of innovation for cancer research. So he himself was a cancer patient and he recovered from cancer. But he said, let me solve this problem for the larger community. So that is, I would say, innovation is possible. A lot of times when you experience a problem and try to solve the problem. But of course, it is not always possible that, you know, you chose a problem that, you know, sometimes it may not be feasible. But I would say that if you experience a problem, do some research, see if you can solve it. Or if there's already a problem, somebody has solved it, see if you can better. Oh, nicely put. Taking a step back, uh, I, I have seen you talking about innovation, uh, leading various uh, campaigns on, on this topic. Uh, do you think the credit should be given to your background where you work with the larger uh, MNCs, the international organization, which had very flourished process and system and innovation in, in its DNA? You know, credit or success is not for me to judge because I still have a long path to go, but why possibly I have been able to be on a path of innovation and entrepreneurship and startup is my first job was in a company called HCL, which became HCL Hewlett-Packard. And HCL those days was the most sought after company. That was actually India's first startup in the tech industry. And it was hardly maybe 500 people or less than 1000 people. It was the first startup and five entrepreneurs got together wanted to bring in, you know, computer and IT and technology and all of them homegrown within, homegrown within our country for the larger population. And I was, I would say, blessed and lucky to be a part of that journey right early in the beginning. So I would say that I worked in a startup environment right early at my age, at the age of 22 or 23 or whatever. So that sort of became a trend for me. All the initiatives, all the jobs, all the startups that I worked on, you know, have been, I would say, in many ways, path-breaking. Yes, as you said, some of them had set processes and some of them were disrupting uh, the industry. Like, for example, the, my second job was Digital Equipment Corporation. They were the leaders of the network industry. 
they managed and they set up the f internet across the globe. India did not have internet. So using the DEC, Digital Equipment Corporation's products, we architected India's first internet network, which means we brought internet into the country. So having been part of in the path of such innovative, I would say assignments or projects or jobs, whatever you may call it. Or rather ecosystem. Yes, ecosystem. I think that the, the, the mindset of innovation and has now in my DNA. Wonderful. Just as a final question, uh, do you think um, that the Western companies uh, have a innovation, you know, as part of their culture? And uh, most of the Indian companies are yet to get there. 100%. I think that's one of the biggest tasks that we have today as a country, as a, I would say, economy or as an ecosystem. But I will stand back, uh, let's say, take a couple of centuries back. Indians were always innovative. If you look at our rich heritage, culture, uh, discoveries in science, somewhere in, I think, two or three centuries back, during colonization, you know, we lost that mindset of innovation. We became followers instead of being leaders. And that's where I think we need to revive. We need such uh, inspiration. Those inspirations have to drive today's young generation. And that is a big task which is, you know, all of us in the ecosystem uh, are involved in. Like, for example, look at the success of ISRO. The Chandrayaan 3 is path-breaking. We were the first to, you know, land in South Pole, and I'm told we discovered water first ever time. What inspires ISRO? Some of our own past. And I know you, you listen to the chairman of ISRO. He talks about that. Absolutely, ambiguity. As we understand, you serve as a mentor and advisor to numerous educational institutes, institutions, and then you speak pretty often there, playing a key role in cultivating an innovation culture. How do you see these, uh, you know, institutions, organizations encouraging a culture of innovation within a team, the organization? Yes, I think I am, uh, I would say, again, lucky or blessed or possibly I've chosen to build the next gener generation leaders for this country who are going to be our innovators, who are going to be our successful unicorns or startups or whatever for the next 10 years for New India or, you know, for the developed India mission by 2047. So I I mentor students right from the school, which is ninth standard, which is again part of the NITIO's internal uh, innovation uh, mission, which involves, uh, and that is again a path-breaking initiative by the government to inculcate or uh, trigger the innovative mindset right at the school level. We did not have this. Today, you, when you go to any school, have what's called the Atal Tinkering Labs. There, the students get an opportunity to, you know, play around with small robots, you know, 3D printing and drones and all these innovative ideas. So the innovation mindset is getting built there. And I'm happy to be involved right from there to the top IITs and IIMs where, you know, I mentor startups and I advise a number of institutions. So having said that, I think there is a better late than never kind of a realization by the institutions that you cannot get 100% of your student placed in corporate jobs. You have to mentor them into becoming successful entrepreneurs and also entrepreneurship with innovation. So many of the top institutions, even leaving aside the so-called 
IITs and IIMs, the other institutions are also building a startup ecosystem which involves, of course, innovation and networking and leadership as the member. Since you mentioned EPIO, um, I know you are part of uh, uh, I know few government initiatives. Yep. How do you being the role of government in driving innovation and supporting the growth of startups and uh, technology initiatives in the business landscape? See, the, the stage that the country is in, taking the past, there's quite a bit of good work done in the past. We can't negate the foundations uh, laid in the past. But if you see the last 10 years, the disruptive thinking that the governments and brought in. I, I think uh, Niti Aayog and the initiatives under Niti Aayog or the initiatives under various ministries of the government has played a significant role. One thing, one, one small example, the industry I am in, okay, uh, 2013, let us say, there were only about a few hundreds of startups which were registered. Today, if you look at the Ministry of, uh, you know, Corporate Affairs, records, there are 100,000 startups. Look, 400 to 1 lakh in a matter of 10 years. This is full credit to the initiatives taken by the government. So what I am saying is the government cannot do any babysitting for the entrepreneurs or the startups. They can take some, execute some large policy decisions which, you know, facilitate entrepreneurship, facilitate startups, facilitate innovation. That is what the government has done. Simple. So the you see they have rolled out ATL, as I said, adult tinkering labs in schools to something like 10,000 schools across the country. Okay. And they have built over 1,000 adult incubation centers in institutions, again, colleges and uh, other institutions across the country, which are nothing but mini ecosystems in their institutions, which help create that innovative and entrepreneurial mindset. Okay, so as I, I was just reading an article uh, just just three days back, placements in engineering institutions has dropped by 60%. So what do we do? I think that is where innovation and entrepreneurship with startups will play a role. We build an entrepreneurial mindset in them so they can solve country's problems and they can also become few successful entrepreneurs themselves. Uh, since you talked about um, you know, the government, could you share your perspective on the importance of public-private partnership in, in promoting innovation and economic development and, and any notable examples of such collaboration in your experience? Because as you mentioned, it's not only government. Government can help create the ecosystem or atmosphere, but it's you and me who has to come forward and, and help build this. See, the, the biggest initiative right now going on in the country is uh, in the area of mobile technologies. If you see just about um, seven, eight years back, you were one of the biggest importers of mobile phones. Biggest importers, 90% of our mobile phones, which me and you use, were imported either from China or Korea or Taiwan, wherever, right? Today, the whole thing has reversed. We are the number one exporter of mobile phones, all in a matter of seven years. This is one of the greatest, I would say, public-private partnership. So big companies, you know, whether it's Vedanta or Tata's or so many companies have come forward to set up manufacturing units in collaboration with certain manufacturing companies in the US or Taiwan or whatever. 
this is an early start, which means just the manufacturing part. The next level is going to be design, which is a semiconductor initiative, again, that government has, which is, a, again, a public-private partnership. Many companies have come forward, Foxconn and uh, Micron, so many companies from U.S. and Asia-Pacific have come forward to set up design and chip manufacturing companies in India. There is a direct and indirect impact on the country. Look at the, uh, the direct impact. Our import bill for chips, semiconductor chips, as of today is $40 billion and is expected in the next five years to become $80 billion. So even if we retain it at $40 billion over the next five years, we save $40 billion in Forex over the next five years. Huge initiative. And an investment of, we are talking about an investment of something like 50,000 crores. And government has extended all kinds of support only for this initiative. There you see semiconductor chips is not just for mobile phones or laptops or, or computers or not just for tech devices. A chip is, goes into your car and it goes into an LED bulb. Okay, so these chips were all imported from countries like China. So we have to become self-sufficient, self-reliant. We're getting there. Yes, we're getting there. At one of the recent conferences, you talked about disruptive innovation. How do you believe disruptive innovation impact entrepreneurship and startups? I always use this, uh, you know, disruptive is definitely ch changing the way things are done. Just about, I'm, I'm taking your, let's say, a foreign company's example, Uber. The whole uh, in, uh, transportation uh, industry has been disrupted on an app. I just book a, a cab going to the airport five minutes before. Even if he doesn't arrive, I have another alternate. Uh, so that is disruption. A disruption that will benefit the common man. And uh, many, many sectors. I can We can talk about so many sectors, right? From agriculture, as I right now has talked about, uh, uh, you know, transportation. So every sector, there is a huge opportunity to be disruptive. And only, and you can be disruptive only if you innovate. Any disruptive technologies or uh, disruptive companies, Indian entities, have come out with There are many, many smaller companies which are getting into the limelight now, slowly, leaving aside the, you know, the um, e-commerce companies, which are disrupting in a big way. For example, Karnataka is famous for, you know, uh, Arkanat especially in the coastal belt in Mangalore. And these are, are kind of trees are, you know, something like, uh, you know, 40 feet and 50 feet tall. And uh, a labor can, you know, harvest 10 arcana trees in a day. So this man innovated using some, you know, assembly parts of an automobile engine and an arcanate harvesting machine, which... It's autonomous, which means it goes up on its own or even it can become, you know, manually, uh, you know, driven, goes up and then you can do the harvest and come down. With that, you can harvest 100 arcanate trees in a day as compared to 10 with using man. This is completely disruptive. So I, I agree, but somehow I feel that uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, list out those innovative co companies, uh, Indian companies, or those uh, disruptive technologies. So there are very few or less in numbers. So uh, I, I think uh, there is a huge, you know, uh, gap. And that's why uh, the importance of 
people like you who are to um, you know, promote innovation in our uh, you know, startup ecosystem and among the Indian companies. Coming to the next question, as someone uh, deeply involved in the startup world, what trends do you see shaping the future of entrepreneurship and innovation? And are there any specific trends or emerging technologies that you think will significantly impact the future of innovation, uh, especially in India? I'm, I'm con on, this, on this question, I'm sort of going to continue on your comments at the back. 100% agree that, you know, we are uh, still in the early stage of uh, deep tech innovation, which means innovating products, whether it is a chip or, you know, medical devices or medtech devices or even uh, electric cars or batteries or whatever. There's a huge emphasis on creating products and innovating in the tech, deep tech space. That's what I've been telling you. And then, in fact, in fact, right from day one, I... I took up this journey as a part of uh, the, you know, the company that we founded, Think Street Technologies. Our big interest has been in deep tech only. The action in the next 10 years is going to happen in this deep tech space. And, you know, this is not easy. We need skills, we need talent, we need funds. We need some kind of a uh, progressive thinking environment as well. Because uh, even in the institutions, they need to think that innovation in this space, deep tech space is what is the opportunity. Okay, only if you have people who are disrupting and creating solutions, only then we will be successful. We already have a great ecosystem which is developing solutions for the outside world. For companies like Apple or Amazon or Google, there are huge centers that are developing products for them. The same ecosystem or the same talent or the same skills will be put to use to, you know, uh, innovate for in deep tech areas in our country. And some of the technologies is, I think, most common is, uh, of course, AI, machine learning, uh, generative AI, which is, you know, picking up extremely fast on the uh, Internet of Things, that is IoT, and in sectors like, uh, you know, aerospace, drones. What about any? 100%. I think the biggest opportunity for automobiles is India. You know, after America, China, India is possibly the third biggest automobile uh, uh, industry or the market. market. So, huge opportunity. Fantastic. And in, in fact, uh, you know, like India and uh, especially Bangalore has some uh, leading EV startups and they're working uh, really in deep tech and, uh, you know, coming out of great products. And I see a bright future for them in that. Happy to uh, you know mention here that uh, we have been uh, working with them for a long time. Coming to the uh, probably the last question, what advice do you have for leaders who are looking to foster a culture of innovation within their teams to stay ahead in this rapidly evolving landscape? And why I ask this question because today when these startups go for a funding or a seeking investment, everybody asks for you know what kind of uh, IP you have, what kind of innovation you are doing, how different you are. Yes. I'm happy that you used uh, the word leaders. A leader, whether it is a country or a company or a startup, can make or break the company. The concept of leadership is, uh, leadership is not, a t it's not about titles or money or, you know, uh, uh, or a role. Leadership is a responsibility. When you understand the responsibility for your customers, stakeholders, and the society, then you are called a leader. 
So this is something which has to be paid attention to yourself, by yourself, or by the institutions, or by the companies, whether it's corporate or startup. Fantastic. It is pretty evident from um, the discussion we had that um, a rapidly changing landscape of technology coupled with global competition and shifting consumer expectations necessitates continuous innovation for business to thrive and succeed in today's scenarios. Thank you so much, sir, for sharing your valuable thoughts with us today. I'm sure our listeners are inspired to uh, channel their creative mindset towards an innovative approach in their entrepreneurial journey or otherwise. Thank you all for listening in and uh, stay tuned for more in the upcoming episodes of our series, Leveraging Startup Ecosystem. Thank you for joining us today. You can reach out to us through our website www.foxmundle.in or drop an email at podcast at foxmundle.in. Until next time, stay curious, keep learning and make a positive impact for your endeavors. Goodbye.